Thank you for listening to the teaching podcast of Muncie First Church. If you would like to know more about us, go to MuncieFirstChurch.com. Or if you would like to support a ministry, go to the giving page, MuncieFirstChurch.com slash give. Well, let's jump into the teaching from this last week. God is good, amen? Remarkably good. (laughs) He amazes me continually as I walk with Him. And He shows up in my life and does things that I never thought or could even imagine Him doing. Amen? Aren't you glad that God works that way? When I was in middle school and the first couple of years of high school, I was on the wrestling team. And... I was pretty good at it. I I had a technique that my middle school coach taught me called the barbed wire. And it became my finishing move. And during that part of my life, being a wrestler consumed me. It was all I thought about. I was Brian the wrestler. And later in high school, I began playing the guitar and forgot all about wrestling at that point. I became consumed with the guitar. I joined a band and we started playing parties and talent shows and really anywhere they would invite us to play and that actually led me down some paths in my teenage years that I shouldn't have gone down. I would sit for hours on end every single day and practice the guitar, learning all the pentatonic scales and chord progressions and every rock song I could memorize. The guitar became my identity. I still got a room full of them to prove that. As a young adult, I became an entrepreneur. In my early 20s, I started a small business, and it was a little, a bit successful. And then a friend of mine and I, we started a retail store in a local mall, and to, to be our age, uh, that it was really successful, and it consumed us. I lived there. Actually, it was that business that robbed me of answering God's call to preach on my life and sent me into a state of running from God. It became my identity. My partner and I were business owners, 24-7, seven days a week. We lived it. And, and, and then the Lord called me to preach out of that and to pastor, and I was hired at a local church as a youth pastor, and I became consumed with being a good pastor and being a good preacher. I studied the art of preaching and I was mentored by some very good pastors and I wanted to be such a good pastor that pastoring and ministry began to consume me. Amen, pastors. Being a good pastor and a good preacher and a good churchman became my identity. 
And, and as I pastored, I continued my education. I finished my undergraduate, and then at the same time I was pastoring my first church, I earned a master's degree. Uh, and then uh, at my second church, I earned another master's degree and then a doctorate. And without even realizing it, the pursuit of academics began to define me. That's a serious problem in the church, by the way. The degrees on the wall became my identity. And then one day in my office, Jesus showed up and wrecked my life. <laughs> and I've never been the same. And even though I was preaching and studying and pastoring and doing all the things that I thought I was supposed to be doing, I had unintentionally made Jesus a supplement to those things. I had made life in Christ an add-on to the things I was doing for God. That encounter with Jesus changed my entire perspective about what it means to live in the kingdom of God here and now. Amen. How many of you know the kingdom of God has been inaugurated? Jesus has been inaugurated. We're not waiting for him to be inaugurated one day. He's already king. You know what interests me now? Life in Jesus. Abiding in Him, getting closer to Him, intimacy with Him, chasing hard after Him. That's all I'm interested in, being free in Him, growing in Him. You know how liberating it is not to be bound by anything but Him. I don't think you heard me, church. Those whom the Son has set free are free indeed. That means there's no part bondage. You know, being set free doesn't mean you're freer than you used to be, right? That's not free. You think about that. Jesus said he'd come to make you free. Amen? Aren't you glad that his truth sets you free? Aren't you glad that your relationship with him sets you free? And the minute you get bound up in some other thing, that career, that marriage, that relationship, that, 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 that workplace, that hobby, what, that interest, whatever it might be, then when your identity gets attached to that thing, then you're as good as that thing is. Oh, but when your identity gets attached to him, you're as good as he is in you, and that's perfect, my friend. You should have turned with me to Galatians chapter 2, if you would, as we read a very popular couple of verses, one in particular uh, by the Apostle Paul to the church at Galatia. And stand with me as we read from God's Word together. Paul says, For if I build again those things which I destroyed... I make myself a transgressor. Um, when we start to fashion again the things that's been torn down in our lives, we start creating little idols. For I through the law died to the law that I might live to God. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God. No, no, no. We live in the grace of God. 
For if righteousness comes through law, then Christ died in vain. Aren't you glad he didn't die in vain? (laughs) It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Say that with me. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the promises that's contained in your word. I thank you that your word's forever settled and every bit of it is going to come to pass and is coming to pass even as we speak. And Lord, I thank you that the truth of Christ is revealed in your word. And the truth about our life in Christ is the only thing in this universe that has the ability to set us free from whatever it is that may be holding us captive. God, I sense tonight that there are people here who are bound by something. It's not that they don't love you. It's just that something has crept into their life and is holding them hostage, keeping them from being and becoming everything you've called them to become. May they be set free tonight in the powerful, mighty, majestic name of Jesus. And it's in his name I pray. Together we say, you may be seated. In this text, the Apostle Paul is giving us a definition of what the normal Christian life should look like, right? I mean, this uh, life in Christ, um, life in Christ, dying to self and living to Christ alone, that is the normal Christ follower's life. That's not abnormal. It's normal. It's the life we're called to. Uh, And so Paul is not stating that this life in Christ is, uh, that, that dying to self and living to Christ alone is something Uh, unusual or something that only someone who is a high-level Christian can attain. You understand it's just the opposite. Paul is presenting God's norm for someone who is following Jesus that they are completely dead to themselves and only live in Christ. Now, I I think that can be summarized easily with his words. I live no longer, but Christ lives his life in me. You know, God makes it clear that He has only one answer to every human need. His Son, Jesus Christ. That's the only answer to every need you've got. And if that need's not met, then you're looking for for it to be met through some other means instead of through the only means that God's made available to meet it. In all of God's dealings with us, His works in us and through us is, is, is to take us out of the way and to substitute Christ in our place. In every aspect of life, God works in us and through us by taking us out of the way and substituting Christ in our place. The day I need something besides Jesus for my identity is the day I find myself in bondage again. I don't care how long you've been walking with Him. doesn't matter. The day you substitute something besides Jesus for your identity, it's the day you put the shackles back on, my friend. When we need something other than Him for our identity, and this is a real problem in the church in the United States, you know what it does to us? It makes us insecure. It makes We start operating out of insecurity. That's why there's so much church fighting going on. We start operating out of, out of incompleteness. We feel incomplete. We go, we try, we go through the 
the motions, we do the things, we say the prayers, but yet there's just something missing and it makes us incapable of really contributing anything of value to the kingdom because we're doing it out of our own work. I don't know about you, my friends, but I don't ever want to spend another minute trying to find myself in anything else but Jesus. I don't want to spend another day of my life looking for something else to, ta- to, to attach to my identity except Him. I want to wake up every day of my life and not need anything from anyone except Jesus Christ Himself. Then and only then can I give myself fully to a world that desperately needs people filled with Jesus and no supplements no supplements how can I give the world Jesus if Jesus doesn't completely have me how can I give the the world Jesus if I'm not completely free in Jesus uh, how can I offer people uh, uh, religion, another form of religion that just comes another so- becomes another source of bondage in their life? The world's already in bondage. They don't need a new form of the same thing. That's not what the church is about. The world needs Jesus living in me and flowing through me with no strings attached. And if I had a main idea for this sermon tonight, this would be it. Jesus doesn't want you to make him part of your life. He wants to become your life. (laughs) I want you to really think about that with me tonight, church. Say it with me. Jesus doesn't want you to make him part of your life. He wants to become your life. With that said, when life speaks louder than truth, our identity is lost. When life speaks louder than truth, and life's screaming at us right now, church. The culture's screaming at us right now. The culture has worked its way into the church, and it is yelling to the top of its lungs to be heard. And when we let it speak, when we let life's circumstances speak louder than Jesus' truth, our identity is misplaced. Let's all just admit that that's happened to us from time to time. Maybe more often than we would like to admit. And when it happens, again, we take a step back toward bondage. When we allow the temporal to overshadow the spiritual, you know what it does? It strangles the life right out of us. Doesn't it? It just it just does. You see, let me, let me explain. When I allow external things like uh, people's opinions, um, temporal circumstances, uh, worldviews, uh, the media, whatever it may be, when I allow that to matter more than what matters most, then I allow people and culture to decide who I am when God's already settled who I am. <laughs> God's already settled who you are. You know who you are. You're a much-loved son and daughter of the Most High King. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he's invited you into an intimate place with him where you can take on him and he can take on you. Where you can be full of him and he will consume your life. Praise his name. You know, I'm just relentless about uh, wherever it leads me. 
I can't be concerned with that because life in Christ may lead you somewhere that in the flesh, I can almost guarantee you it'll lead you somewhere that in the flesh you would never think about going. You wouldn't consider it a good thing to even go down that road. But as you walk in Him and He leads you into those places, it becomes the best thing that ever happened to you. I could talk to you story after story. You think Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego dreamed about going into the fiery furnace? No, but they did in obedience, and it become the best day of their life. On that day, they had a, uh, there, it was a furnace club meeting on that day. They met with Jesus personally. The best day of their life. You think Daniel wanted to go in the lion's den? You think uh, Noah wanted to spend all those years building that ark? No, but those encounters with God were the best things that ever happened to them because they were fully committed. Their identity was wrapped up in Him alone. You see, life in Christ is not about doing things. It's about becoming something. Aren't you glad? I, I thank God I'm not what I used to be and I praise His name that I'm not yet everything I'm going to be. Hallelujah. I can't help but shed tears when I sit and ponder from where He brought me from to where He's brought me to and where He's promised that He's taken me. Hallelujah. I can't live in fear of man's opinion. I can't live in fear of, of worldview and, and systems and religion and, and the devil. The world in all of its ways are under our feet as long as our identity is grounded in Christ alone. You see, when you become the thing that He's designed you to be, you know what happens? Life at its best happens. It really does. You say, I, I'm just not experiencing that right now. Well, you can and you will when you accept this truth. Because life happens at its best when we become the thing that He created us to be. Ministry just happens when we become the thing He created us to be. You know what? Relationships just happen. Uh, joy just happens. Peace just happens. Conflicts just resolve. Love just happens when we're that thing that He's created us to be. What I am describing to you is the transformed life. That, that's what I'm talking to you about. A life transformed by the good news of Christ. When we live in the transformation that Christ has brought, we are walking revivals. We don't have to have revivals. We are revivals. The kingdom comes everywhere our feet touch. The gospel is about so much more than a ticket to heaven. It's about so much more than what happens to me when I leave this earth. Friends, heaven wants to come in me and through me for everyone around me right now. This whole idea of hosting the Holy Spirit, that, that isn't about me. The Holy Spirit dwells in me for my sake. But man, He rests upon me and flows through me for your sake. For the sake of the world. The kingdom of God is here, and I'm looking at it. If you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, if you've confessed Him as Lord, you are citizens of the kingdom. Now, take hold of your identity in Christ. Friends, you are His chosen people. You are the best He's got, and He's not looking anywhere else. 
He's called you here tonight. And your story, here's the problem with a lot of believers, they live in the past. They think they, they live with all this guilt and all this shame. Your story is not your past sins. Your story is not your past mistakes. Your story is not your old habits and your own hang-ups. That's not what your story is. Your story is this. Old things have passed away and all things are becoming new. Hallelujah. Do you know why you're here tonight? Do you really know why you're here? I don't think it's as simple as you just, oh, well, we got to go to, they're having that revival service. Is that yearly? Oh, we're too busy anyway. You ain't got nothing better to be doing except sitting home watching the news or whatever else. And that's not better than this. Hallelujah. Say, he's arrogant. No, I'm telling you the truth. We're gathered under God's word singing praises to Jesus tonight, asking the Holy Spirit to work in our lives and in our communities. That's more important than anything else we can do with our lives. You know why you're here? Because the provenient grace of God is wooing you. That's why. Because He's drawing you here. Even when you're begrudgingly being drawn. Uh, you know, He's drawing you here. He's draw- you, wouldn't have the rem- the, the most, you wouldn't have a remote desire to be here, to engage the things of God at any level if the grace of God was not drawing you in. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah. And you know why he draws you? Because he loves you. (laughs) And he draws you because he wants you. And he draws you because he's created you to take on an identity that only he can give you. And he wants you to live in that identity continually. He's drawing you because he wants to set you free. And you're never going to be free because you try harder. Oh, what a mistake that is in the Christian life. Oh, God, I won't do it again. Yes, you will. Stop lying to God. The only way you're not going to do it again is when you die to that thing. When you starve it to death. You see, the problem, we present our bodies living sacrifices. The problem with living sacrifices are they have a tendency to crawl back off the altar, right? So we got to just keep on dying. We got to keep on dying. We got to keep on taking up that cross and crucifying the flesh. And you will only be free, not when you try harder, but when you believe fully in the only thing that's able to change you. See, Christians, this is one of the reasons I love our Wesleyan heritage. So many Christians, they come and they get this ticket and they know they've been forgiven, but man, they're never free. Being forgiven and being set free are two different things. I'm thankful that the guilt of sin has been washed away. Hallelujah. I told you, November 19, 1989 at 9.15 at night, 2701 Holloman Street, High Point, North Carolina, 27263. God changed my life because he forgave me of my sins. But he's done a whole lot more work in my life since then. <laughs> Friends, the Bible teaches. Now, now, you may be asking, okay, well then, what is this thing that I'm supposed to be coming? That you are supposed to be becoming? Well, the Bible teaches that God made us, how? In His and likeness, right? In His image, in His likeness. Now, that doesn't mean that God dresses like you, and God looks like you, and God wears His hair like you. That's not what that means. (laughs) Well, what that means is that God created you with intention. He created you with divine purpose in mind right okay it means that there is a reason 
for your existence. There is a reason that you were born. There's a reason that you came into this world. And I want you to understand this. God did not just say, let there be you one day because he was bored. He made you, he made me because he's so full of life that he can't do anything other than give life. You are the will of God. Think of that. I don't know how you stay in your seats with that thought. You are the will of God in Christ Jesus. The fact that you're here is because God said, let there be you. You're not a mistake. Your heart is beating. and Your lungs are filled with air because God purposed you to exist. And then he called you in Christ Jesus. And with that said, however... Oh, Satan's a liar. He's a liar. Oh, he's a liar. I'm going to talk about how to have authority over him either tomorrow night or Wednesday night. I haven't decided yet. So that means you've got to come both nights if you want to hear that. I'm not sure. <laughs> you know, here's where he lies because we've all grown up, even in the church, with all these degenerate emotions, right? All these feelings of inadequacy. Let's just admit it, right? We, we've all got that. Oh man, I, I deal with pastors all the time on my district. One of my, my biggest things I can do for my pastors is pastor them to help breathe life into them. There, nobody gets beat like these guys get beat by the enemy. I'm just telling you. You got to be a warrior to be on the front line. God bless you pastors. But we've all grown up with, with, with all these, 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 you know, trying to fit in, trying to feel good, trying to be affirmed, you know, trying to build a reputation, worried about what people think about us. And we want to be accepted and we want to be loved and we want to be needed and we search for acceptance and we never quite find it. That, that quest has been the demise of so many people. <laughs> oh man, it has destroyed marriages. It has destroyed careers. This, this, these feelings of inadequacy and insecurity that, that just sort of manifest themselves in our lives based on stuff that's out here, based on opinions that are out here, based on words that come from out here. So, so friends, let me say this to you. All that stuff has to, it has to go away if you're ever going to tap in to your true identity in Jesus. And you ready for the good news? That stuff will go away. When you fully understand who you are. Because His truth brings freedom. So don't ever let life speak louder than truth. Go ahead and answer that. Don't ever let life speak louder than truth. When I hear phones ringing services, I tell them to answer it and ask the person, why aren't you at church? We're here waiting on you. You know, I've, I see preachers, they get upset about phone rings. I'm like, we might as well have fun with it, right? It's going to happen. <laughs> Put it on speaker, we'll all talk to them, right? <laughs> Don't, or let me say it like this. Stop letting life speak louder 
than truth. Truth is where freedom is found. And if you let life speak louder than truth, you'll never be free. Jesus doesn't want you to make him part of your life. He wants to become your life. Jesus doesn't want you to make him part of your life. He wants to become your life. <laughs> Too many Christians are only Christians for themselves. That's a sad reality, my friend. It breaks the heart of God. Now, now I, I want to explain that for a moment. Don't, don't, don't get offended by that. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. The Bible teaches that everything God does flows out of a spirit of love, right? I mean, it teaches that the primary attribute of God is, is love. And it also teaches that if we don't have love in Christ, then we're nothing, right? 1 Corinthians 13. I mean, you can have everything else and you don't have that. Then that, what that is, is that's people looking for identity and all those other things, right? Wisdom and prophecy and whatever it might be. <laughs> but have not love, then they're nothing. Now, love is uh, very misconstrued in our culture. I mean, you understand that we say love pertaining to a lot of things. I mean, if I say, I love the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> You say what? Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, that's not the same thing, however, as saying, I love my wife. It better not be anyway. <laughs> it's not the same thing as, as saying, I love my children. That's not even the same thing as saying I love my wife. And you've all heard the Greeks have all these different words for that. But love, you see, love is something the Bible says that takes no record of wrong. Love, agape love, the kind of love that God has extended to us is agape love is sacrificial love. It is a self-giving, self-denying love. It doesn't seek its own. It doesn't take any records of wrong because it's not about itself. It has the highest regard for others. Love is a big deal to God. It is a big deal to God. And, and, and the world seriously lacks an authentic understanding of love. Most of the time, let's just, let's just stay on this for a moment here. Most of the time when we in our culture say, I love you, I'm afraid what we're actually saying is I need you. I love you because you make me feel good. <laughs> right. I, I love you because you give me stability. I love you because I'm insecure when I'm not around you. I, I love you because I don't want to be alone. I love you because I don't think my life would be okay if you weren't in it. We translate those feelings into love. And that's why we get in our mind that the people closest to us have the greatest capacity to hurt us. You see, that's not true when you become love. Because when you learn to love the way God's called us to love, you don't hurt for yourself because... 
you're not seeking your own. Is that right? <laughs> when you become love, you understand. Here, here's a better way to say that. When you become love, you understand that if people really knew who they were and had been set free in Jesus, they wouldn't do the things they do. And so you look at them through the lens of God instead of through the lens of the human flesh. You see, people do what they do because they're lost. People do what they do because they've not found their identity in Jesus. People do what they do uh, uh, and don't even realize what they're doing. And then that all too familiar phrase has to become true for us. Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. For many years, my life was what about me? Yeah. What about me? Isn't it interesting that Jesus says if any person is going to come after him, they're going to have to deny themselves daily and take up their cross and follow him? The reason Jesus asks you to deny yourself, and here we come to identity, the reason Jesus asks you to deny yourself is because you were not created for you. You weren't created for you, church. You were created to bear his image. That's all you were created for. If that sounds boring to you, you haven't discovered it yet. You were created by God to bear, you were created to be an image bearer, to bear the glory of God, to host the Holy Spirit. <laughs> See, I don't believe the biggest problem in our world is, is politics and, and, and terrorism and, and racism and all the phobias we talk about today, or anything else we describe with, with human wisdom. The biggest problem on our planet is men and women waking up every day and living their lives for themselves when they were never created to live for themselves. They were created to bear the image of Jesus. His image and His likeness. Too many Christians are only Christians for themselves. You cannot be a Christian for yourself and live in the victory that Christ offers you. You must be a Christian that is about magnifying Him alone. It's, it, this is about your life changing. It's a brand new heart. It's a brand new motive. It's a brand new reason to exist. You're not incorporating Jesus into your life. You're allowing Him to become your life. And if the ultimate expression of Jesus is love, and Jesus becomes your life, then guess what that makes you? It makes you love too. And that's the only thing that never fails. Doesn't fail. Can't be disheartened. Because it's not about itself, it's dead to itself. It can't be broken and discouraged because it's not about itself, it's dead to itself. You say, man, that sounds hard. It's not as hard as you think when you die to yourself. Every day. You see, my friends, if I wake up every day and I've lived in this place for a church, then I'm only going to be as good as that church is going. Yeah, pastors? If I wake up every day for my district, I'm only going to be as good as that district's going. If I wake up every day for some relationship, then I'm only going to be as good as that relationship is going. 
If I wake up every day for my business, for my career, whatever it is, I'm going to be as good as that thing is going. If it's going good, woo, I'm going to be going good. And if it's going bad, man, I'm not going to be doing good at all. Why? Because my identity is wrapped up in that thing. People wrap their identity up in hobbies and, and jobs and money and investments and houses and cars and kids. Oh man, my son, oh, I wanted, to, I wanted to take him out behind the barn in those teenage years, you know. You know how many days I walked around with my head dragging the ground feeling like it was my fault because of the decisions he was making? My identity was all wrapped up in what kind of dad I'd been to him. When Christ had set me free from that and it just called me to love him the way Jesus loved me. I don't want to walk through life with other things defining how I feel and how I function and how I move and how I think and, and, and how I continue to grow and do and whatever. I don't want those things to define me. I want Jesus to define me. You see, and the problem in our church culture is this, is, is that a lot of times we live in this consumer culture where it's just this shopping center mentality, right? And you know, when we like one restaurant and they don't give us good service, we go to the next one, right? And we don't ever go back to that one. Or if we, we go to one grocery store or, or another, the one that, that, that's best for us, right? And we've got every aisle has all these options and it's become the same with churches, Oh man, I'm not, I don't like that preacher anymore. I don't like the songs they sing down there. Then you're, that, that, if, 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 oh God help me. I don't know any of you so I can say this. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know these church hoppers, well we go here for a little while now. If you're a church hopper, your identity's not in Christ. It's in you trying to feed your own flesh. Feed me, feed me, feed me. It's not the pastor's job to feed you. It's your job to follow Jesus. You'll get fed anywhere the word's being preached. I don't care if the devil's speaking it. Doesn't return void. So what people do is they run to, a lot of times they run to the big and the exciting things. And, and you know, I really pray for our churches in certain parts of the state because some big new hip, cool mega things moved in town and they've got all the, the money and all the cool stuff and everybody leaves the little churches and runs to that. You better make sure God's calling you to do that and it's not just because of what your flesh wants. Because people get all tied up to the big and exciting thing and they look for identity in the movement and it's a trap. It's a trap. Because identity is never going to be found by, in what you're part of. Your identity is only found by what's inside you. Our, all of our identities are so wrapped up in all this stuff that's out here, including church. But your identity can only truly be found according to the Word of God by Him being in you. Now, now what I'm going to share with you these, the, the, this is my last point, and I'll just go ahead and tell you that means absolutely nothing, okay, as far as time goes. But I, I just thought I'd let you in on that. Right. I, I really want you to hear this because this part, I believe, is life-transforming if we'll have ears to hear. A transformed life does not have to try harder. You don't have to try to live right when your life's been transformed. 
You don't have to try to do better when your life has been transformed. I've often said that those who truly love Jesus can do whatever they want to do because they don't want to do anything that will ever hinder their relationship with Jesus. And if they do do something that somehow causes static in their relationship with Jesus, the Holy Spirit is abiding on them in such a way that they're quick to repent of that thing that causes static in their relationship with Jesus. It doesn't linger, in other words. It it doesn't affect our identity. It enhances it. Repentance enhances our identity in Christ. And, And when we learn to... Here's what I want you to do tonight. I want you to learn to enjoy being in Christ, right? Uh, To where you never again have to try to live the Christian life. I mean, that's so mechanical. I don't know what that is. That's never set well with me, you know. I'm just trying to live the Christian life. No, just die. Just die. Just die. It'll be the best thing you've ever done. When you're loved and accepted in Christ, then you learn to abide in Him because your identity is grounded in Him. Think about it, friends. When we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Hallelujah. That means when we were sinners, Christ came and said, I know a higher truth about you. I know something about you that you don't know yet. I know why you were created. And then the Holy Spirit comes and takes up residence. God loves you. And He wants to live in you. You are His choice. Praise His name. If that doesn't amaze you, then my friend, your conscience is numb. God's grace isn't just a grace that makes everything okay. It is a grace that changes me. It is a grace that transforms me. God's grace and mercy always work together to bring transformation. Mercy gives you a chance when you don't have one, and grace empowers you now that you've got one. Hallelujah. Grace changes people's lives. And if we're not preaching grace that transforms, then we aren't preaching the gospel. I'm not just talking about a grace that says, Oh, God loves me no matter what I do. That's true. But it's far from complete. He loves you. what He's created you to be and what your life could look like when He's in you. It's really this simple. God loves you so much that He wants to make you just like Jesus. (laughs) Image bearers. You're an image bearer. That is your identity. Don't you ever forget it. Galatians 2.20 takes on new light now, doesn't it? I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith. 
in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You do not have to live with an identity crisis. He's willing to wipe away everything you've ever been in order to restore everything he's always wanted you to be. I'm going to ask our band to come as we close out tonight. They're coming and playing. I want to tell you a story. My wife, her name is Heather. And Heather has been abused more than any other person I know. I, I know there's people that's been through terrible abuses, but as far as someone that I know personally, my wife is the most abused person. Her father and mother became heroin addicts before they were 20. And Heather's dad, although a brilliant man, became so addicted to drugs that he would rob banks and rob homes and get caught and go to the penitentiary. And when we, first, when we got married and had our son, you know, the first place he ever met his grandson was in the federal penitentiary through a window. He was a brilliant man, but he only used his, his wits for crime and drugs. Her stepfather, her mom's second husband, her mom's now with her fourth husband. Her mom's second husband, around age nine, began coming into Heather's bedroom. And molesting her in the middle of the night. Her mom is a blackout alcoholic. To, to this day. And I can tell you that when we were dating, we would come in often and she would be in a fit of rage. There were nights when I was 18 and 19, I literally had to hold her mother physically, pinned down, so she wouldn't hurt Heather or myself. My wife's been abused physically and sexually and emotionally. And as young adults, when we first started our family, we weren't living for, for Jesus. And we went to church, you know, but that's not really living for Jesus, right? But, but I got saved, and, and I answered this call to preach on my life, and, and Heather got saved. And, and for many years, when I was an associate pastor, and then early on as a pastor, for many years, Heather would try to pray, and when she would try to pray there were these voices that she would hear. Saying vulgar things. Cursing. Images would fill her mind from those years of abuse. And if she didn't pray, she didn't have to deal with it. But when she would pray, 
All that stuff would come flooding in. I want to tell you, the enemy's really good at keeping us distracted when we're trying to connect with God. And one night in a service much like this, in the late 90s, She came forward and discovered her true identity in Jesus and she's never heard another voice. She's never. She couldn't pray. She's never heard another voice because her identity shifted. See, she was able to, anytime the enemy came against her, she's able now to speak back to the enemy because she realizes what her identity is. She was saved, but she did not realize what her identity was in Christ. Jesus does not want you to make him part of your life. He wants to become your life. Would you stand with me? He doesn't want you to make him part of your life. He wants to become your life. Would you bow your heads with me? If you would like to renew your identity in Jesus tonight, I'd like you to come forward. If something else is defining you other than Jesus alone, I want you to come forward. We're going to rebuke that thing. If you need to know Him in a deeper way, I want you to come. We're going to pray together. And then we're going to have a time of corporate prayer like we did last night. If, if, if your life is like a roller coaster because all these other things pressing in from outside when the Holy Spirit is saying, be still and know that I am God. Then what that means is you're being defined by something other than what is inside you. Which is Jesus, I hope. And if you don't know Jesus, you know Him tonight. You don't have to leave here and not know Him. You don't have to leave here and not know the peace that I'm describing to you from God's Word. Because the Bible says He is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above anything that we can think or ask. Hallelujah. That means He works beyond your greatest prayers on your best day. And He works beyond your wildest imagination for your good. Every head bowed, every eye closed. This isn't about me. It isn't about you and anybody else. Several are down here praying. We're going to pray with them. If you need to pray about identity, I want you to come. Nobody's looking around. Don't hold on. This could be your last chance. If God's speaking to you, come. Amen. If God is speaking to you, come. You know if He's speaking to you. In fact, you should say thank you. Thank Him for speaking to you. That's the first thing you should do. Is say thank you, God, for revealing this truth to me about who I am. No more lies. 
Now what I want you to do is I want some of you, many of you to come and to lay your hand on these that are gathered here. Lay your hand on their shoulder, kneel, kneel beside them. We do this together as the church, not as individuals. We don't do this as individuals. We do this as a body. Body. And now if those that have come to stand in the gap with their brothers and sisters here, now anybody else that just wants to be, time, uh, uh, be part of this glorious time of prayer we're about to have, come on down. And if you can't stand, I totally understand. Sit on the front row. This is what the body of Christ looks like. This is normal Christianity. Intimacy with Jesus and intimacy with one another. Now I want to pray. I want you to hear me. If you're in this place tonight and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can make the most important decision of your life. I don't know your heart. I don't have to know it. God knows it and you know it. And if the Holy Spirit is pricking at your conscience right now, that's God drawing you to Himself. You need to respond to that. Now listen, I, I'm going to give you some words, but this has to be your prayer. If God is calling you to Himself tonight and you're not in a relationship with Jesus, or even if you're not where you should be with Jesus, here's what you need to do. You need to say, God, forgive me of my sins. In your own words, name those to Him. Confess those to Him. The Bible says that if we'll believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, that we shall be saved. So ask Him to forgive you of whatever it may be. God, forgive me of any idols that I've uh, placed in my life. Anything that I've set up in my life, Lord, that is a distraction to me. Uh, and, and somebody that's maybe far from God. Whatever it may be, lust or greed or anger or whatever. God, I give that to you now. I lay it down at your feet. Now take my life. I repent. I confess. I turn from my way. I change my mind about uh, the trajectory of my life. And I submit my life to you right here, right now. I believe Jesus died on the cross at Calvary to forgive me of my sins. I believe He rose again from the grave on the third day to give me hope for the future. And I believe that He's coming back one day to take me to forever be with Him. And from now till that day, I want to live my life in Christ. I die to myself now. Pray those prayers to Him. I die to myself now. Fill me with Your Spirit. May my identity be in Christ alone. And now for some of you that are, that are in a right relationship with Jesus, but you've identified with some of what's been taught tonight. Man, other people's opinions of you determine how you feel from day to day. The world views that uh, are so prominent in our culture are seeping into your mind and making you doubt the truth of God's Word. You need to repent of that. 
His word's forever settled. Uh, maybe you're anxious because of all this stuff going on in the news and the division of this country. And you're living with all this anxiety because you just can't seem to shut out that noise. Let God turn it off. Repent of anything that you've allowed to come in between. You being in a right relationship with God. You know what this is about? This identity message. It's about so much more than a relationship with God. It's about a right relationship with God. Big difference. We can come to God and be forgiven. But man, He has so much more. So much more. Man, I want to live in that. Don't you want to live in that church? I want to live in the fullness of His glory. The fullness of His presence. I'm going to ask our praise team to just sing a verse. And as they're singing, I want you to finish your prayers. I want you to close in this gap in the middle. And we're going to all pray together. We're going to glorify the name of Jesus tonight. Just let's stand and sing this together. Let's close in this middle gap. Take hands with somebody across the aisle here. If I could get the pastors here to come and join me here. Any pastor that's here, let's get them to come up here. Come on, folks. Make your way over. Make your way. Don't go back to your seats. Make your way over here. We're going to pray for some people tonight. We're going to pray for healing, wholeness. Now take hands with somebody spirit of unity. Let there be no gaps. No gaps. Get close to somebody. Love somebody. Don't kiss anybody else's wife. But love somebody. Love somebody. Let's sing this song with all of our heart right now. It's praise to Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Ash was redeemed. Only beauty remains. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. My orphan heart was given a name. I'm going to play a prayer of uh, praise. Now we've already been My morning grew quiet. My faith rose today. That's when death was arrested and my life began. Hallelujah. Oh, your Can we thank Jesus and praise Him for a few minutes? And then we're going to pray for individual needs just like we did last night. So if, if you've got any sickness, if you're dealing with any sort of anything, any situation, if you want to stand in for someone else, then we're going to anoint you tonight. We're going to pray and we're going to believe God for healing. Amen. Uh, let's pray. Lord, we praise you and honor you. Pray with me. Give Him praise. Give Him honor. Lift your voice to Him. Lord, we honor you tonight. 
Lord, you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are the most high God, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of your glory. And so tonight, God, we give ourselves to you fresh and new. We thank you for the way you're working in our lives. We thank you, God, for setting us free. We thank you, God, that there's no part bondage in Christ Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the way you're unifying the church, God. We thank you for that you've shown us that old things have passed away and all things have become new. We thank you, Lord, that we're born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. And God, we give you all the glory, all the glory, all the glory. Magnify him, church. We give you the glory, Lord. We thank you for who you are. And we thank you for who you are in us, God. We thank you for what you've done for us, Lord. Something we can never do for ourselves, God. You've accomplished that for us at Calvary. And we praise you tonight for it. We praise you tonight. We honor you in Jesus' name. Now we're going to pray for healing. Is there anybody here that's got anything you want to, be, you want to pray for? Before we do that, I need to say something. I'm going to take care of something real quick here. Amen. I, uh, I was down there praying for me. I'm your pastor, but, you know, there's struggles in life. And, you know, I have a problem letting the church become my identity. And when the church is going good, then I'm going, look at me. And when the church isn't going good, I'm going, hey, look at me. You know, and it's bad. And there's a lot of struggles with that. And I don't want to live like that. And, uh, you know, that's, I, I know that all my life, when I was a young person, I always wanted to be important. I wanted people to notice me because I felt unnoticed. I, I, some of you may have felt that way too. You know, you, you went to school and everybody else was important and you were sitting in the corner. And the way you got noticed, you know, if you find pictures of my childhood classes, I'm always sitting right in front of the teacher. I got noticed. I did the things I had to do to get noticed. You know, and and so, you know, it was real easy because you know, I, when God called me to be a pastor to say, man, you know, I'll just I'll screw the best church in the whole world. Everybody have to notice me, you know, and, and I started working at that at one point. And, you know, and that's I've struggled with that. And I know that it's wrong. And I've, let, I've prayed and I said, God, I don't want to do that. But I just want to confess that to you guys, that it's a struggle for me. And I need your prayers with that. But, you know, I want to die. I want to die to myself. I want to die. Who cares? Whether you like me or not, whether the world likes me or not, whether Dr. Roland notices who I am, whether anybody else, I mean, it doesn't matter. All that matters is I know that God knows who I am. And I am just praising him for that tonight. And I just want to share my testimony that God is Praise good God. and he's delivering us from that. And I know, you know, I, I know that, uh, you know, a lot of you are already beyond that and I'm sorry that it's taken me this long but it is a struggle that I have to wrestle to the ground and God has given us the grace and the power to do that and I'm praising the Lord for that tonight Hallelujah. So, amen. Amen. amen thank you for your transparency amen so anybody wants to pray for you tonight I know Ron you had a couple of requests you wanted me you to want pray to for, for come, come to on the up to the center here, here. Ron has a, a cousin yeah. and uh, his name is Jeff and Jeff uh, has got a lot of things going on, but he's got cancer. And uh, a lot of us know Jeff. He's an important guy to a lot of us. We love him. But uh, he's got cancer, and he needs a healing. 
and I believe that God wants to heal him. And I, I think that God wants to heal him, not for Jeff to be comfortable, but God wants to do a miracle in Jeff's life so that the city of Muncie can see, so that the world can be changed. So we're going to pray right now, and Ron's standing on his behalf. Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, we come to you tonight. We just praise your name, and we lift you up. And Lord, we declare in the name of Jesus that the healing power of Jesus Christ, you gave us authority to take it, Lord, and we bring it now. And we ask that Jeff Burke be healed, that the cancer in his jaw be gone, that he finds healing. Lord, there is no cancer in heaven, and heaven has arrived here on earth. And so the healing has come, Lord, and the cancer is gone, and he has been set free. And we believe that right now from that. Lord, right now I also pray that you would appear to Jeff and you would show him your grace and your goodness again and that he would find you as his Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now Ron also has another friend. His, his name is Charles Curtis and, and Curlis. Curlis, there you go, he's Charles. And he also has cancer, correct? And so we want to pray for this cancer as well, Lord. And we're going to anoint Ron for him right now. In the name of Jesus, we pray for Charles. Lord, again, we declare that the cancer has to leave his body. We have the authority of Jesus, and so cancer leave. You are no longer going to spread. You're no longer going to take over. You have been defeated in the name of Jesus. He is set free. He is completely healed. We believe that. We're trusting you for that. And, Lord, we just give you praise right now for Charles' life. And if he knows you, Lord, we praise you. If he doesn't, we pray that he'll come to know you through this. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Father, again, we come to you and we believe that you are the healer. And Lord, right now, there is no sickness in heaven. There's no place for uh, broken things or things that aren't complete. So, Lord, I pray that you will touch Amy and that she will experience a full and complete healing in her back, that all the pain, all the things that are going on in her life would be completely removed, that you would have no place, Satan, in her life right now at all. Lord, I pray for Larry. I pray for you to give him a mind, uh, the mind of Christ, a clear mind. I pray that you will not only give him a clear mind, but God, that you will give him joy, peace, that he will become an ambassador of your love right there in the assisted living place, God, that he won't live in the past, but he'll begin to live for today and for what you're doing right now. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Anyone else tonight? You want us to pray for you? Come on up. Okay. We prayed for Ron last night, but now he's here, so we can pray for him. That's more amazing. I praise the Lord for that. It's a good man. Right now, Lord, again, Ron has cancer. But God, we know that that's not your will. And so, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we say this cancer has to go, that it completely is removed, that the healing is complete and total, that wherever there are cancer cells, those would be dealt with. The lesions in his brain are completely healed. Lord, that the complete healing of Jesus Christ is on him and completely in him, and that he accepts all that you have for him. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Lord, touch him tonight. Thank you for Ron. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to use him for. Thank you for the people that will be saved through his life. Lord, we believe there will be many who will come to know Jesus because of his testimony. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 
Lord, right now we come to you and we bring to you this man. Lord, we bring to Gary and we pray for him right now that he would be healed in the name of Jesus, that there would be a total healing. As he lies there in his bed right now, Lord, we pray for a total and a complete and an absolute healing, Lord, and that there would be nothing left untouched up and down his body right now. The hands of Jesus are touching him. Lord, the disease is gone. The power of Jesus' name is making a difference in that room. And right now, Lord, you are changing him fully from glory to glory. Lord, we look forward to what you're going to do in the report for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Anyone else tonight? Anybody else? Anybody out? Can we pray? Can, before we do that, can we pray for the ones in our church that don't know Jesus, the ones that are children that are lost, our children that are prodigals, the ones who are wandering right now? They need Jesus. And I'm, I'm more concerned about that than I'm concerned about the healing of physical touch. So right now, if you have anybody in your life that's not a Christian, a prodigal, somebody that's walked away, a son, a daughter, a grandson, a granddaughter, a spouse, whatever, if you just begin to raise your hand as we pray and seek and just ask God to do that, and uh, I'll just pray right now in the name of Jesus, we pray, God, that you would come right now. Lord, you look up and down this place. There's hardly anybody on his place right now that doesn't have their hands up. They're calling upon you, Lord, to heal their, heal their children. They're calling upon you right now, Lord, to, to bring their children back. We're like the prodigal. We're sitting on the porch. We're waiting, Lord, for our kids to come home. Lord, we want them home. Lord, we're tired of watching and we're tired of waiting. Lord, we ask you to bring them home. Lord, there's some of them that are just so messed up. They're broken and they're hurting. Bring them right now home, Lord. Bring them to the end, Lord. Help them to know that you love them. Lord, show them that you love them. Show them that you have them in your mind right now, Lord, that you have your eye on them. And bring them home, Lord. We just ask that in the name of Jesus. We're just believing that you are going to do that tonight. Tonight, Lord, go to the places where they're at. Some of them may be in a bad place right now where they don't know what to do. Go to them, Lord. Show up. Go to the ones right now who are sitting there and maybe they're happy and they think everything's great. Remind them that they're missing out on you. Lord, show them your glory tonight. Show them who you are, Lord, and bring them home. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Anybody have a praise report? Anything you want to just testify? God's good. Amen. I just want to share about our, um, at our retreat, the ladies' retreat that we just came from. They prayed this kind of prayer, asking if anybody had prodigals that you're praying for. And, and we just started to cry out in worship and praise. They said, intercessors pray and, and worship. And so as we were worshiping, soon as we got it, as soon as we said the last word, there was a commotion up front. And the lady came up to her and wanted to tell her something. And they, she came up to the podium and she said, this lady just said she got a text from a homeless woman in their church that said, I'm ready to come home to Jesus right then. So I just want to praise the Lord for that. Some of you know the story, but I lost an uncle last week in India. And I had FaceTimed with the family. They're strong Hindus. And I didn't share my faith with them. And I knew I should in that moment. And I hung up. 
from that call without fulfilling that duty. And it just didn't sit right with me. So I sent a message and asked that it be shared with my uncle. And the family shared that message out loud in front of everybody. And he passed a couple hours later, but was with it enough to hear that message. So, and another praise is our son was accepted to Olivet today. <laughs> All right. I'm always excited when one of our kids goes to Olivet. I might be a little bit prejudiced that way, but <laughs> anyone else? Ashley's going to go visit there. <laughs> anyone else want to praise the Lord tonight? This, he is so good. This is so good. I love this. Anything else? We don't want to just keep tearing, but don't want to cut anybody out. Well, praise the Lord. Our Savior displayed on a criminal's cross. And darkness rejoiced as though heaven had lost. But then Jesus arose with our freedom in hand. That's when
Amen. Isn't God good? Amen. Praise the Lord. Father, tonight we just give you praise. We give you thanksgiving. We give you all the honor and all the glory, Lord. You're God and we are your children, Lord. We have died to ourselves. We live for you. Lord, as we leave here and as we go out of here, Lord, I pray that you would stand with us. I know Satan is going to come calling. He's going to try to convince and talk to us. Lord, I pray right now that all we would hear is the sweet voice of Jesus and that we'd be reminded that we're your children. We're your children. Death has been arrested and we're free, and we give you praise tonight. So, Lord, go with us. Be with us tomorrow. Lord, help us to be all that you uh, want us to be. Host your spirit well tomorrow, and bring us back, Lord, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Tomorrow night will be 5.30. Louise is cooking, so it's always good when Louise cooks. And you'll be there, and we'll have supper together, and then we're back in here at 6.30, and we'll have another great great time of uh, worship and praise and, and hearing a great message. Bring your friends. <laughs>